tell me, who can tell me what it is that we are talking about in this place? You don't, uh, I don't remember. Steve says Jesus. That's always a good answer. Poser. Noah, you said what? Mario. Yeah, Mario and Peach because it's complicated. That's right. We're spending a couple weeks in this place talking about love and dating and relationships and all that ooey-gooey love stuff. I know. I know. So here, let's, can we choose to do something this morning? Okay, by force, not really. You can choose. Uh, will you guys be honest with me about a few things? Do you think we could do that this morning? Okay, good. Uh, let me see show of hands. Let me see show of hands. Um, when we start talking about dating and love and relationships and all that stuff, how many of you are like, that's the grossest thing I've ever heard. Please don't talk about it anymore. Like, cover your ears. I'm out of here. Katie Baker, that is a great thing for you. <laughs> and you're getting married. Good for you. Wait, Steve? Oh, you don't want your kids dating. Okay. I was a little nervous there. <laughs> okay, how many of you just think it's kind of gross? Really, for, for real. How many of you are like, eh, boys, girls, gross? Yeah. Okay. They have cooties. Beautiful. How many of you are uh, dating relationships? Man, if it comes my way, I'm in. I've got it. I'm ready. Like, sign me up. All right, girls. There's some guys in the back with their hands up. No, I'm not kidding. Um, Okay, I'm kind of kidding. But, okay, so none of you there. Okay, how many of you are, hmm, what about like, okay, I'm not like totally grossed out by the idea, but I'm not really ready for it either. I'm just kind of like somewhere stuck in the middle. Okay, a good number of you. Um, there's a lot of you who haven't said anything. How many of you are like, I just have absolutely no idea where I'm at and what's going on? <laughs> Dude, way to be honest. Good job. Uh, I think it's important for us to think if we're talking about dating and something, because like Sean said last week, this whole romantic relationship thing is something that is going to continue to be a part of your world. Uh, oh, I didn't ask this one. How many of you, last, last night somebody wanted to know this. How many of you feel like you're in a third wheel situation? We've got friends who are dating and you're kind of like on the side and kind of always like going along with them and like having to figure out that awkward place. Yeah, so we got that too. Okay. Um, here's what I want to do to start off this morning. Here's what I want to do. Thinking about, thinking about romantic relationships, I know, um, thinking about the lifespan of a romantic relationship, and let's say it's going to be a marriage that lasts for forever, happily ever after, till death do us part kind of relationship. I want to chart out on this whiteboard, what are the different things that happen to get you from the very beginning of that relationship to the end of that relationship? Does that make sense? So what are some of the things that would happen in the beginning? What, like, how does this relationship start? William. You meet. Okay, that's a good idea. We should meet each other. Okay, cool. Emmett. Find out things you have in common. So that happens after you meet? Okay. Find things in common. Okay, then what? What? Who said it? You, what, you share food? That is an important thing. When does that happen? Is that before you find things in common or is that something you find out in common? You should share food before this, right? Because that's just good. All right, cool. Yeah, Annie. You become friends? All right. Wait, wait I heard eHarmony. What was the other one in the back? Farmersonly.com. Does that come before your friends or after your friends? Or does that come before you meet? 
eHarmony, Farmers Only, Christian Mingle, awesome, okay. All right, so then what happens? What's next? You guys happy with this so far? Does this seem, does this seem good to you so far? All right, Jen, what do you think? You might start to date. Okay, so dating's next. Okay, then, yeah. So you think there's a step before the dating thing? You become good friends with them. Right? Good friends. Okay, so let's move that in here then. Ashley, what did you say? DTR. You guys know what the DTR is? They're like, I have no idea. All right, so you go from some friends to good friends. Is there something that happens before the DTR, though? DTR means you define the relationship. You kind of have that conversation of, okay, I like you, you like me, or like in the Steve and I had that um, when we started dating. Tristan's like, you do? We did. Really good friends. Okay. Um, Steve, Steve and I had that conversation. We had been talking back and forth for a while. Shh, shh, shh. And we sat down and we're like, okay, it's clear that I like you and you like me. And so, like, where are we headed and what's this all about? So that's a good thing. Um, so DT, that's the DTR. Um, before this could come, just saying, the crush thing could happen before the DTR because you're kind of interested in stuff. Okay, what happens after the DTR? You're, you're either, you're not dating or you're dating, right? Then what happens? Do what? Af what happens? Africa? What does that mean? Oh, Ebola. <laughs> then you're stuck for life with this disease. Okay, right? Dating leads to probably marriage, which leads to babies, which leads to <laughs> happily ever after. Which leads to, this is what Stephen said last night, death. Right? You go to heaven. It's a good thing. All right. Does that, okay, now, shh, shh. When you look at this, does this seem, is there anything that you see going from eHarmony, however else it is that you meet people, right? Down there. Is there anything else that goes in there anywhere? Yeah. What? Dumping. Well, hopefully this is like the what a relationship would look like thing. So hopefully dumping isn't a part of this. Although I do have friends who broke up and got together engagement-wise, were engaged four times before they got married. Like they were kind of did this, Katie's dying back there. She's like, I'm not doing that. Right? Like they, I do have friends that did that. Yeah. Katie. Oh, engagement. That's good. We should throw that in there. There's a space for that. Have you heard the word courting? So fun. You're like, what? Another conversation of the day. We don't have time. Okay. Here's what I did. In preparing for this week, or an arranged marriage, that's, okay, yeah, that doesn't happen in this culture. Okay, in preparing for this week, I spent some time looking at, I really did, and it's like Wikipedia, like I pulled it up. Um, who are the people who have been married the longest? What are the longest lasting marriage relationships? I know, gross, right, Noah? Um, what do you guys think? If you had to guess, if you had to guess what the longest recorded marriages in current history, so like in whatever, how long, how long do you think that is? 
280. All right, but 280 up here. Yes, 80. 70, okay? What do you think, Charlie? Okay, shh, shh, shh. What was yours? 13 years? Longer than 13 years. I'm past that. Yes. 83? 600. No. Okay, here you go. Ready? Ready? Here you go. Do you know? Wait. Shh. All right. You're, because you are so enthusiastic, jumping up and down, what you got? Oh, that's the closest. Good job. Ready? No, you're not the closest. Here we go. Here we go. 91 years and 12 days. 91 years and 12 days. Daniel and Susan Bakeman got married in 1772. And their marriage ended when she passed away in 1863. Um, but I do have some pictures of some married couples, so it's just fun to look at married people. So here you go. Uh, John and Phyllis Tarrant. So cute. Um, so cute. I like this one. Oh, let's go back to John and Phyllis real quick. Uh, John and Phyllis. John was at one point in time the oldest living person in the States. He lived until he was 110. Um, and so he and Phyllis were married for 78 years. Um, the Aerosmiths, that's the next one, the Aerosmiths. Aerosmith, I know, right? Uh, it spells a little different. Uh, Percy, that's the dad, the guy. Percy, when he passed away when he was 100, is when their marriage ended, and they were married for 80 years. Uh, this next couple, I just thought they looked fun. Right? Fred and Alicia. Don't they look fun? Like, just kind of like the grandparents you want to, like, hang out with? Uh, they met when they were 10 years old, when they were riding bikes out in their neighborhood. And they started dating when they were 15. And they still like to be out riding bikes and walking together. If you can see their little walking shoes, it's so cute. They are still alive, yeah. They've been married for 71 years right now. Um, the Baytars, they are the ones with the longest-lasting marriage in the United States that are still alive. Um, does she have teeth? I don't know. Kind of hard to tell, isn't it? Listen to this. Listen to this. Uh, John is 105. And Anne is 100. And they're still married. It's crazy. This next one, I don't know why I like this couple so much, but they're just cute. Uh, Herbert and Zelmyra. Isn't that a great name? Herbert and Zelmyra. Uh, they were married for 86 years. In 290 days, almost 87 years, be married to the same person, right? When you start talking till death do us part, I don't know that everybody thinks I'm going to be married to this person for 87 years. That's a really long time. Um, so Zelmeyer passed away in 2011, and Herbert passed away in 2013. But here's, here's what I love about their story. Um, Obviously, when I was reading all of these, I was kind of reading, there's lots of articles about how long they've been married and what keeps them together and that kind of stuff. And Zamira said, you know what, there's really not a secret. I mean, God has kept us together and it's been God's grace that's done it. But then here's what she said, and I love this. She said, we grew up together and we were best friends before we got married. We grew up together and we were best friends before we got married. And then she says this, a friend is for life and it's allowed our marriage to last a lifetime. A friend is for life, and it's allowed our marriage to last for a lifetime. Now, be honest, when we start talking about dating and relationships and all that stuff, we know that there's places where we can go and see the love chapter. <laughs> and we know that there's places that we can go. Sorry, Tristan, I'm just stressing you out, aren't I? I know that there's places that we can go to see how we should be in the context of a marriage and how we should be um, in a family and things like that. But as far as dating, 
we can't turn to the dating chapter, right? That's a cultural thing. How people connect in romantic relationships is different depending on the culture that you're in. So in our modern day, we have to go, okay, based on what we see in truth and based on what we understand that the Bible says, how do we figure out this whole navigating relationships thing? There's a guy named Andy Stanley who I love. He's a pastor in Atlanta. He wrote a book um, that I've been reading this week and getting ready for it. And he says this, and I love this quote. He says, in every other arena of life, he's talking about relationships, but in every other arena of life, so think sports, think music, think school, think all those different things. In all of those other arenas, we prepare. But somehow, when it comes to love and romance, there's an assumption that we don't need to prepare. prepare. We just commit ourselves. That's the, that somehow, commitment will trump the need for preparation. This is more about getting ourselves ready for the time when we meet someone and there's chemistry and we fall in love with them and we'll actually be prepared to keep the commitment that we're making. This whole day idea of being prepared doesn't seem like something that really comes into play with dating, does it? I mean, it's like, am I ready to date? Maybe. But, but beyond that, we don't think about it. It's sort of like, if someone asks me out, I'm in, right? If my friend comes running over to me and tells me that so-and-so likes me and I have to figure out if I like them so that they can go back to the friend of the friend to say, I do like them and kind of play that middle thing, like, okay, that's kind of cool, right? And we don't think about what, <laughs> right? We don't always think about what does it mean to be prepared to be in a relationship. And so we have to kind of think about that. Now, scripturally, like I said, we can't really go like here is the dating chapter, um, and I'll be honest, I was stressed about that when I was preparing, going, can't there just be a dating chapter and make it so much easier? You know, if the heading, it said this. Um, but in looking and researching it, the book of 1 Corinthians um, has this really cool chapter about relationships. As a matter of fact, the chapter 7 starts with a sentence that says, now regarding the questions you asked in your letter, right, that means that the people of Corinth, the church of Corinth, wrote to Paul and said, we have some questions, or we're dealing with some things. And so he's saying for this next portion of his letter back to them, here's my instruction to you, or here's my guidance to you. For the next 40 sentences, right? So two pages and a little bit more. Um, he spends time talking to them about relationships. It's clear in the midst of all these relationships that there's things that should be happening, or that shouldn't be happening, <laughs> It's clear from these relationships that there are marriages where people are being unfaithful. It is clear that people are involved in immoral activity or physical involvement that they shouldn't be involved in. There's things that are listed here that say they're in temptation places that are just really, really hard. Does that sound a lot like today? Right? Like when we look at dating, we look at things, it's complicated because people have all these different kinds of standards. They have all these different things that they're doing, and, well, they think this, and they think that that's okay, and, well, they're dating, so why can't I date? And it just really gets messy. But there's one verse in chapter 7 that I think kind of sums up when he's talking about, here's all these different scenarios. Here's all these different scenarios. When you look at this verse, it's uh, on the screen, verse 35, and it says this. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Are relationships a distraction? Right? Is the cute girl across the room a distraction? Is the hot guy across the room a distraction? Are your friends coming up to you trying to match you up? Is that a distraction? Yeah, right? I mean, it takes your time. It takes your energy. It takes your focus. And so 
Paul is saying to them, regardless of whatever place you're in in your relationships, being a committed relationship, being you're engaged, be it you're trying to figure out whether or not you want to be in a relationship, you need to think about, is this going to help you serve the Lord best? Is this going to be what's best for both people involved? Is this what's best for you and what's best for them? Now, when you think about what's a relationship that you're in right now where that's true, where you always want what's best for them, right? Your friends, right? Don't you always want what's best for your friends? Don't you always want to look out for them and make sure that they're protected and they're safe and nobody's giving them a hard time and, and that they're doing the right things or leading, you know, you guys want to do the right things together, like all that. Like that's what a real friend does. I have a question for you. In the context of relationships, what does the friend zone mean? <laughs> Giggles around the room. What does the friend zone mean? Heidi, I, I think I heard you laugh loudest. What's the friend? Marta, what's the friend zone? Do what? Death and despair. Why is it death and despair? Right? It's this awkward place where, yeah, Jen. Right, you know, it's like you've seen them and you like them and you're really interested in them and you really want to date them. You really want them to be your boyfriend or your girlfriend and you want him to bring you flowers and candy and all this stuff and it's really cool, right? I know, you're crazy. You're like me, she were messed up. All right, true story. True story about me and Steve. Um, you're like, scoop. Okay, uh, when Steve and I first met, it was not through eHarmony or FarmersOnly.com. Sorry. Um, we both worked for an organization called Campus Life, which is a lot like Young Life, and we were at a training up in Rockford, Illinois, which is just outside of Chicago. And so I walked up, it was, the, it was free time on this afternoon, the first day that we were there, and um, walked up on this volleyball game. They said there's a lot of people there playing volleyball, and you guys should just go over there and meet people. Great. So we go walking over there, me and two other girls from Atlanta, and we're walking up. Remember how Sean talked last week about tunnel vision? Right? It's like, when your eyes kind of zero in. Yeah, that's what I did when I saw Steve for the first time. Right? And here is what I said. No lie. I have, both of my friends could confirm that this is exactly what I said. And I've told this story enough that my kids know that I've got this in the mind. But here is exactly what I said the first time I saw Steve. Ready? This is good. That is the most incredible specimen of the male species on the entire face of the earth. And I am going to marry him someday. It's <laughs> true. That is the most incredible specimen of the male species on the entire face of the earth, and I'm going to marry him someday. Note, I did not say he. I said that. Wrong. Now, based on Sean's message last week, what would you say that initial comment was? Lust, right? I was only in like, he's hot, I want that, that's mine, whatever I have to do. Like, that's it, right? Hey, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I had been in two other relationships that had lasted for a decent amount of time, and I knew that if there was ever anyone that I was going to be interested in, that I wanted to do this one right. And so, yes, my initial reaction to Steve was, oh, my word, he's hot. Um, but after that, I was like, I have to get to know him. And so that, we played volleyball. He invited us to play. Well, you guys should come play volleyball with us. Oh, great. And I'm thinking in my head, I am the worst volleyball player on the planet right? 
right? I am the worst volleyball player on the planet, but I'm like, sure, I'll play volleyball, right? You're like, stupid, just like, oh, I have no chance now with this guy because I'm the worst volleyball player. But yeah, totally, I'm in, I'll play volleyball. And I was the worst volleyball player on the planet, right? It was a bad day. You're just, yes, dear. Yes, dear, right? I had bruises all up and down my arms because it was just awful and it was terrible and whatever. But that night we sat down together with a bunch of other people to eat dinner. And so I started asking all these questions of him, like, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Michigan. Really? I used to live in Michigan. What part of Michigan? Oh, um, I live in this place called Farmington Hills. What? I grew up in Farmington Hills. Like, I lived in the same place. And when we first met, we thought we had gone to first grade together. Ended up that we didn't, but so all week long we were first grade buddies. The other thing that I learned in the midst of sitting at that table was he reached into his pocket and he pulls out a picture of the girl that he's dating at the time and says, I think I'm going to propose to her. Like, this is a serious thing. I know, right? <laughs> so much for that getting married thing. I was 21. I was not in middle school. <laughs> Let's clarify that. I was 21. Now, if I was only interested in Steve as a conquest, right? I was only interested in just kind of jumping all of these things right here, right? Just go straight from this meat to marriage and babies and everything else. Like, if we just went straight to that, I'd have missed a whole lot. Noah's smiling over here. Um, I would have missed out on a whole lot. But because I was like, I need to get to know him, then I started asking him, well, tell me about this girl. How long have you been dating? What is she like? Oh, here's his picture. You know, and he's showing me your picture, and I'm like, cool. And I'm getting to know him in spite of that. And we spent time over the next couple years getting to know each other and asking lots of questions. We dated long distance. And so if you're on the phone with somebody, then you're asking questions to get to know them. But here's something I want you to know. The reality is, whatever relationship you get into when it's a romantic relationship, whether it's from the moment you meet, maybe not from this part, right? But from the moment you meet to the moment you die, Every single one of those, every single one of those stages puts you in the friend zone. Right? We always look at the friend zone as this terrible place to be, like I am stuck in the middle. And I get that. It is awkward to be the person who likes somebody else and they don't like you. And yet we have to realize that friendship doesn't end when you get to this DTR spot. Right? Friendship keeps going. Steve is my best friend. I can't imagine doing life without him. I can't imagine spending any time without him. I can't imagine getting to do all the, or can't imagine having done all the things up to this point without him or from this point on without, like, it just doesn't make sense in my brain. Do we have the romantic attraction and the physical stuff that we get to do? Sure, but, but the friendship part takes up a whole lot more time during our lifespan than that other stuff does. We like to laugh, and we like to goof, and he makes fun of me, and I make fun of him, and we like to banter, and I like to encourage him, and I like to look out what's best for him. When we dated, when we dated, I spent tons of time when we were on the phone asking those questions about getting to know each other. One other thing, and it was this, and I would write down over and over again, your will, Lord, not mine. Your will, Lord, not mine. Your will, Lord, not mine. Because I wanted what was best for him as much as I wanted what was best for me. I wanted him to be able to serve the Lord wholeheartedly in what he did. And I wanted that for myself. And so that meant that if we were stuck in the friend zone for life, if that's what was best for us, 
then so be it. And we're there, and I'm okay with that. Now, a lot of times when we're looking at relationships, we can think about, well, my friends don't see it that way, right? Your friends might be jumping from, um, let me meet you in the, in the lunchroom to, we didn't put the kissing and all that stuff in here, but you know, like, like they jump to another place and kind of skip all the other stuff, and, and whether it's movies or it's TV or it's all this other stuff, like there's lots of messages and advertisements and stuff that come to us that's saying, that stuff doesn't really matter, right? We don't have to be prepared for this relationship. We just can jump into it and figure it out as we go along, right? It kind of puts into perspective First Peter where it says this. It says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. The first thing that I know that the enemy wants to do is keep you from having a relationship with Jesus. That is his ultimate goal. But I think one of the ways in our day, in our culture, in our time, that he loves to distract us is in the area of relationships. He loves it. It's why it's so complicated. It's because he's complicating it. God's desire for us is to be in relationship with people. God's desire is for us to be in relationship with him. Now, I'll be honest. For some of us, we will enter into a romantic relationship at po- some point in time in our life. And for some of us, you may not end up getting married. Some of you may get to be single for the rest of your life. There's some cheers over here. There's some what over here. There's some what? Right? But God calls some people to that. And that is a good and great thing if that is what God calls you to. That's a good and great thing if that is what God calls you to. But the reality is, whatever step you're in, whatever relationship you're in, being in the friend zone is a good thing. Well, there's one more set of verses that I want to look at that was in um, Colossians 3. And when you look at this, in the latter part of chapter 3, it starts talking about wives. This is how you should treat your husbands. And husbands, this is how you should treat your wives. And kids, this is how you should act in your family. And this paragraphs that come before that, um, talk about the new life that we have in Jesus. Talk about that you don't have to do things the way the world does. You don't have to do things the way that people who don't love Jesus do. And a lot of times that's kind of the standard that we set before ourselves. Is like, well, they're doing it that way, so what does that mean? Well, why wouldn't I? So for those of us who are Christ followers, those who are Christ followers, we should be in a place where we want to do things by this book. We've already seen that we want to be in relationships that will allow someone else to serve the Lord best. Um, And so this goes into, you know, you're not like everybody else. You're made of things of heaven and not of earth. You die to that old life, put away sinful earthly things, um, have nothing to do with sexual immorality and impurity and lust and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping things of the world. Um, Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things, but now... Get rid of rage and anger and malicious behavior and slander and dirty language. Don't lie to each other. Put on a new nature. And then it keeps going on and on about being tenderhearted and merciful and kind and humble and gentle and patient and making allowance for each other's faults and forgiving one another and having love that binds us together and all these different things. And then it comes down to this verse, which we've talked about before in these places, in this place, in a different context. And the idea of relationships and looking at all this stuff is like all before this is saying, be kind to one another, be friends with one another, right? 
But whatever you do or say, do as a representative of Jesus. Giving thanks to him, to God the Father, right? We don't want our relationships to be a distraction from our relationship with Jesus. Right? Whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship, we don't want them to be a distraction to us. What we want those to do is to encourage us in our relationship with Jesus. And so looking at a relationship, looking at this idea of, okay, I like him or I like her and they like me and should we do this thing? Like one of the questions that we have to ask ourselves is, can I be in this relationship and be a representative of Jesus in it? And if our answer is no, then it's probably not what's best for us or best for them. Right? Because that's our basis. When we start thinking about relationships, we have to remember that we're always in the friend zone, regardless of where we are on this. The bigger than that, wherever we are in our relationships, oh, I love green. Wherever we are in relationships, oh, this doesn't show very well. We're always in the Jesus zone, right? This place where we have to say, am I allowing myself and this other person to serve Jesus well? And are we in a place where we can be a representative of him well? When you can answer both of those questions, like, yeah, I think I can, or that's my heart's desire to do that, then I'd say move forward in whatever that relationship could look like. Slowly, carefully. Steve and I, when we had that DTR, we were at that place where, like, we don't date just to date. It's not a casual thing that we do. But, like, if we date, we're ultimately looking for what are the qualities that, of someone that we would want to marry and potentially marry. And we make it a commitment in that DTR that if we ever reached the point that we felt like we weren't supposed to be together forever, that we would cut it off. If we ever reached the point where temptation or other things were more important than pushing each other towards Jesus, then we would end the relationship because we wanted to do it right. We wanted to do it right for each other. We wanted to do it right for the Lord. So here's the two questions. One more time to ask yourself. I like her. I like him. What do I do? Here you go. Number one. I'll be on the screen. How can I be a representative of Jesus in this relationship? Right? Part of it could be, can I be a relationship or be a representative of Jesus in the relationship? But how can I be a representative of Jesus in this? And second, does this relationship allow me and allow them to serve Jesus better? Now, I can't promise this won't bring you heartache at some point in time down the road. But I can promise you that if you really, truly, wholeheartedly seek him and seek these things out in your relationships as you're getting started in them, that they will be healthier and it will keep you out of some situations that you wouldn't want to get yourself in in the first place. And ultimately, yeah, I wholeheartedly believe it could lead you to happily ever after. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, relationships is something that you created, that you made uh, you made us relationships with each other and with you. And, and God, we just have to be honest that sometimes now it's just really confusing and doesn't make sense. And someone who used to sit across from us, we weren't interested in them at all. And now we look across and we're like, whoa, that's sweet. And our mind goes racing into lots of different places. And we're, God, we're just trying to figure this dating thing out. Or 
maybe we have been asked out and we're in a relationship and you know we're figuring it all out and it's good and god but we're just all in different places with it but i would pray this morning for wherever we're at whether it's gross or it's fine or anywhere in between that you would help us honor you in our relationships you would help us to be a representative of you in our relationships and you'd help us and the people we're in relationships with serve you better because of the relationships we're in. Will you help us to be honest with you and with each other in that? In Jesus' name I pray, amen.